Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Charlie Johnson, and I'm coming to you uh, with a short podcast about. Um, the things that are in our comfort zone and how we uh, seem fine where we are in our comfort zone. And that term comfort zone is actually a psychological term that defines us being less anxious, kind of on an even keel. Um, we're used to the things that are going on in our lives. Um, and as humans, we are creatures of habit. We eat the same things. We probably eat at the same time each day because of our work or we have certain ways of doing things and uh, uh, we don't much like to get out of our comfort zone at all but research and psychological research and different areas show that if we do get out of our comfort zones just a little bit and let the anxiousness come and the things that we're unaware come uh, let change happen a little bit then generally we can make our comfort zone larger we can enlarge our territory, if you will, and we can begin to be more comfortable in other areas in our lives. And this evening I want to talk about that for a bit and how it relates to the Bible and spirituality. And I'm struck by what happened to Joshua, who was Moses' assistant. And of course, Moses had to travel the entire desert of Sinai for 40 years in the wilderness because the people were too stubborn the Israelites were too stubborn to listen to God and Moses ended up not being able to go into that promised land and it was because he had struck the rock uh, to have water come out instead of proving that God was the miracle instead of striking it and so God said you can't go into the promised land and you know we could talk about that in itself, but we're not going to deny. But Joshua was Moses' assistant, and God, after Moses had died, he came to Joshua, and he said these words to him um, in Joshua uh, 1, and starting with um, basically verse 5, oh, I'm sorry, verse 4, we'll just go with verse 1, let's start there. God commissions Joshua. And you know, we're all commissioned by God in some way, whether it's in the Old Testament, the New Testament, or even by Jesus Christ himself. And that great commission, as we all know, is to go and to preach the gospel. Um, and that doesn't mean we have to go and preach uh, necessarily. It means that we go and we show how Christ works in our lives through our actions, through our deeds, through our love for one another. And it doesn't mean that everybody is called to be a preacher or everyone's called to be a missionary, or everyone's called to be um, an evangelist. What it means is to just live a Christ-like life, to pattern your life after Him, after Jesus Christ, and show others the love of Christ. And people can tell a phony Christian from a true believer. They truly can. And so here, God commissions Joshua, and I'm in the English Standard Version. It says in verse 1 of Joshua, uh, chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, 
The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. And if you drop on down to verse 6, he tells Joshua, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And the key verse here is verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What a promise. Can you imagine being young Joshua, seeing all the miracles that Moses uh, had performed through God? And then here's his leader who passes away, and God now says, you're in charge. You're going to lead these very people who were so stubborn that I had to let them wander for 40 years in the wilderness until an entire generation dies out. And now you're going to lead them into the promised land, that same land that I promised Moses. And God cautioned him to do exactly what he told him to do, to do exactly what Moses had uh, said in law. But most importantly, he told Joshua, I realize, and I'm paraphrasing, I realize that you're going to get out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to do some things that might frighten you. You're going to have to do some things that will cause you great anxiety. You're going to have to do some things to uh, uh, create a lot of change and havoc. And God said, but I will be with you. I will strengthen you. I will fight for you. I will be there every step of the way and I'll go before you. What a great promise, you know. And I'm often reminded that when change occurs, people don't like change. Change is hard whether it's a new boss or whether it's a new way of doing things at work or even if it's, you know, change in the grocery store. We're so used to our old habits because we're comfortable with them. And we tend to get comfortable in many areas of our life. And I think that, spiritually speaking, a lot of us are comfortable in our spirit man or spirit woman. And what I mean by that is, are we just going to church to check the boxes to say that I went? Are we praying to check that box to say that I prayed? Or do we earnestly pray for what we think we ought to? Or are we earnestly praying for what God lays on our heart? Are we reading that daily devotion to check the boxes that I did it? To say, I'm a good Christian, I've read my Bible today, or I've done my devotion today? Or are we really absorbing what the inerrant Word of God says to us, what the powerful and mighty Word of God is speaking to our lives and illuminating for us and through us by the Holy Spirit? We can check a lot of boxes spiritually. And unfortunately, when we are comfortable in our spirit, man, when we don't know what to do, we just hang around what we know. And if we hang around what we know, then we're just going to do the same old thing over and over again. But you know, God sends things our way to get us to move, to move us out of our comfort zone like he did Joshua. 
He gives glory through tribulation, and you know what? God can make us pack our bags and move right out of our comfort zone uh, to a more dangerous place, if you will, or to a place that causes anxiety. But you see, in Second Timothy, uh, I'm sorry, in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, just as God gave uh, Moses a commission, he also gave Joshua that great commission. Here Jesus says in the Great Commission in Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Now, St. Francis of Assisi said that go into all the world and preach the gospel, and if you have to, use words. And I really like that because my grandfather used to tell me sometimes the only Bible that other people are going to read is you. And that's so true. Um, people see us by our actions they see us by how we treat one another people are watching us whether we realize it or not they see how we interact with folks they see how we react to crises they see what we do in emergencies they see how we react uh, when a, a child misbehaves or our children are lost and so a lot of people will realize you know what that guy's genuine or that that gal's genuine just by the way they do things and you know a lot of times when we're out of our comfort zone that's when we do some of the funniest and weirdest things that's when we get uncomfortable that's when we get nervous that's when it feels like a dangerous place to us but if we do not get out of our comfort zone we would be remiss because Jesus said go out into all the world and preach the gospel get out of your comfort zone and go do something uncomfortable Jesus did and so did the disciples if you recall when Jesus called each of the 12 disciples he pulled them out of their own little world their own little place and then I, I read some statistics about 2,000 3,000 years ago people rarely left their own village during their entire lifetime they would rarely even go to a larger city let alone Jerusalem the capital um, and during that time it was very rare for them to travel more than 20 30 miles uh, away from their their birthplace and yet Jesus called every one of them to come out of their own city out of their own family and follow him and to come out of their comfort zone and into his area and if we look at second Timothy verse 1 through 7 um, we'll see that uh, Paul whenever he talks uh, here in this chapter in second Timothy we know that uh, Paul is giving instructions to Timothy as a young preacher um, letting him, uh, uh, you know, giving him some instructions on the way of doing things and how he should serve um, and different things. But in Second Timothy um, chapter 1, um, Paul talks a little bit about a couple, a couple of people, Lois and Eunice, um, uh, his grandmother and his mother Eunice, uh, Timothy's. And he was reminded of how uh, their sincere faith dwelt in them and then it was passed down to Timothy um, and he said for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands 
laying out of my hands. And, you know, there's something that's put in each of us from our, our mother, our father, our grandmother, our grandfather, uh, uh, maybe from a spiritual pastor, mentor, whomever, that is going to be a gift. Um, and it's a gift from God, generally, um, that will pass down from generation to generation. Um, we can see the faith of our forefathers. There's even a beautiful song called uh, The Faith of Our Forefathers. We can see the faith of our forefathers and foremothers that has been passed down from generation to generation. We can, we can listen to the stories that are told of how they would struggle or how they would get through. And we can also be reminded that that same gift that God put in their lives has to be uh, flamed or fanned into flame. I don't know if you've ever tried to build a fire without any 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 flame uh, fan, but I can remember the old billows that uh, people would use. Uh, it was uh, you just basically pushed it back and forth, and it would make it would make a fan uh, effect, and it would flame the fire to get it started. Um, I can recall in Royal Rangers, which is you know similar to Boy Scouts, where when we couldn't get a uh, flame uh, to flame up, we would have to blow on the smoke and on the fire and on the embers to get the flame to light, to give it oxygen. And Paul here is saying that uh, sometimes we have to fan into flame the gift of God because God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control and he said in verse 8 therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord nor of me his prisoner but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Jesus who abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know who I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Hallelujah. You see, God has called us. God wants us to step outside of our comfort zones. God wants us to realize that if we don't do these things, we can't, uh, we can't improve. If we stay in our comfort zone, we're just preventing our own selves from advancing through the kingdom. Um, it stops, uh, if we don't get out of the comfort zone, it stops us from achieving all the things that we're capable of achieving. Have you ever felt like wherever you're at in your job or maybe in your life that sometimes it feels miserable and makes you miserable have you ever felt like is this really my lot in life doing this very thing at my job you know I can recall years ago I worked at a job where all I did was uh, what I call uh, task labor where I did the same thing repetitively over and over and over whether it was stocking a shelf over and over again or pulling pallets down from the steel rafters and uh, with a forklift and, and you know getting them to where they needed to go to be stocked on the shelves, on the floor, on the sales floor, or whatever. And I felt like that this was all I did and it was my lot in life. And it made me miserable. But yet there were people who did this for 10, 15, 20 years. And they get in that same routine and they feel like it's a rut and they allow their job to identify them or they allow their vocation to identify them. 
And I'm here to tell you that our vocation, our job, where we work, who we work for, how we work, what we're, what we're paid, whether we had to have a degree or not, or we had to have specialized training, that does not define us. That does not define you. None of these things define you. I know that in our culture, the first thing we say is, where do you work? Or what do you do for a living? But I'm here to tell you that if, if you have the finest job and the finest pay and the finest boss, it still doesn't define who you are in Jesus Christ. And we need to realize that we don't have to be miserable in that job. We don't have to be miserable in where we are. We don't have to be miserable even in our spirit man. And we need to relinquish those things and allow ourselves to be defined by are we doing the Great Commission? Are we living the life that we should? Are we living the life that we should for others? Are we uh, having concerns for others? Is our prayer life more about others than about us and our list of things we want? Is our Bible reading more about the Word being illuminated in our life rather than us checking the box saying we read our reading for the day? Or is our prayer life uh, more about uh, praying for others as God puts them on our heart than just praying the time in prayer? You know, you can have all the time in prayer you want, but really what matters is the quality of your time. And I remember my grandfather told me one time, Charlie, you can pray wherever you want. You can pray on a bus. You can pray uh, in a train station. You can pray at work. You can pray while driving. You can even pray while someone's talking to you. And what matters is not the position of your body, whether you bow your head or bow down or kneel down or whatever it is. The position of your body doesn't matter, but what matters most is the position of your heart. Is your heart positioned in the right place to pray for those things that you ought to? To pray for those things that as you pray, you know that God will minister and move. And as you pray, you pray believing, knowing that God will do the very thing you're asking. Those are the types of prayers I love to pray because I know without a doubt that God is going to answer them. Because I pray them with such faith. And I pray them with such comfort, but I also pray them with a little bit of discomfort, knowing that I'm stepping out a little bit into that spot. And, you know, if if we stay in that comfort zone, we allow it to make us miserable, then really it's just ourselves that uh, is responsible for that. But I want to encourage everyone today, make a decision today to change something in your life that you're unhappy with and start experiencing positive changes. Yes, it will be a bit uncomfortable. It will be a little dangerous. It will be a little exciting. It will be a little fearful. Um, but it will also be things that will help you achieve to that next level. It will help you to stop being miserable. And it will be a little bit dangerous. But, you know, sometimes we all need an adrenaline rush every now and again. But I'm here to tell you that, uh, uh, you know, when we see things move in a mighty way, we see them because we stepped out in some way, just like Joshua did, just like Jesus tells us to do in the Great Commission, and just like Paul had admonished Timothy to do. He said, God's going to be with you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to be there all the time with you. And I just pray that uh, this has blessed you, and I pray that God will help you to step out of your comfort zone and into the things of Him in Jesus' name. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.